welcome to the Get Into Recovery podcast, which is coming to you today from the Union Jack Club in London. And today I'm with the, uh, the team from MAD, the morning after drama. Hi. Hey, you doing? Hey. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having us. It seems a bit odd, though, that we are in your beautiful suite in the Union Jack Hotel. This bedroom is like, oh, I, I, it's amazing because we've got a Union Jack pillow and everything. So <laughs> as a podcast virgin, I didn't realise I had to describe everything, but I get it. It's really great that we describe everything to, <laughs> to give people the sense we of don't have to describe everything. So... So, to the podcast listeners, they're thinking, what the heck is going on? So, um, I would like everyone to introduce themselves. There's four of us here. Um, so, Paul, starting with you, introduce yourself. Hi, um, uh, thank you for having me on this uh, podcast. Uh, my name's Paul Danan, um, and uh, I am an actor and creative director of the Morning After Theatre Company, which is called Mad Morning After Drama, where I deliver um, with my team uh, drama and improvisation skills and uh, performances to people who suffer with mental health and addiction issues. Okay, cool. And uh, our next guest is? My name's Jude, and I am Director of Operations at Morning After Drama, and I support Paul with delivering the sessions and general operational directorship. Um, got involved just because my love and my passion for coaching other people, which I've done for the last 10 years, and this is the the missing link I think that are in that is in a lot of services, but we'll talk about that a little bit more later, hopefully. Fantastic. And finally Thank you, John. My name's Nikki, Nikki August. Um, I don't know how I follow those last two. So I am also um, one of the directors within Morning After Drama and I kind of focus on community development and new beers. Um, as well as some co-facilitation, um, some back scratching, yeah, kind of. Oh, you're being very modest, Nicky. You work on the front line, and you get us the punters. Oh, that's that bit as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's definitely a team effort. Definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and I'm connected. I'm the fourth cog. Yeah, um, the very are. small cog in the background, and um, and do, do stuff. I don't know. What do I do? Oh, John, you do loads. <laughs> so, so I guess this could be called the modest episode because everyone seems to be underselling their yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, we um, should all tell uh, maybe on this on this podcast what each, each person other. does instead of what we do, like yeah. ourselves. So, yeah. like, okay. like, yeah, because yeah, I can I, describe exactly what you do. So, okay. Well, so basically, without your incredible wisdom and writing and, uh, you know, authorship skills, I don't know if that's even a word, but without your kind of knowledge around structuring um, language and how to sell something to more um companies that are very uh you know need it on paper program development yeah yeah yeah. like you tell us how to structure and word things the sciencey bit yeah just just wording things that where they can actually understand what we deliver what we're trying to do 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose I'll do that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, yeah. who's going to describe whom? Whom I, what? I will, I will describe Jude. Okay. Oh, well, we going back round. She's, yeah, told, she's, she's had it and she told us what she does. No. <laughs> no. From Nicky's point of view. Yeah, go, on, Jude, go on, Nick. Jude is the soother yeah. and the bringer together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She's the glue. She is. She's also quite dynamic around, um, you know, Jude's a little, she's a, she's a firecracker around stuff like um, design, development of new uh, product, yeah. um, pulling together, the, the, the crazy ideas that Paul and I will have in our heads and we try and form, yeah. Jude will go away a night later and come out with a, a template and a design for the thing we were talking so about have a which, whole pamphlet on it. which is called something now <laughs> yeah. whereas before it was just, just something in mind just of course crazy ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 jude kind of formats it puts it down yeah. in a day three days later it's all singing and dancing three days uh, later i'll get it that afternoon you haven't been <laughs> yeah but yeah no yeah and it's true can i say about jude actually no uh, oh, i'll finish <laughs> on jude okay nikki is amazing at linking in with other organisations. He's really, really well connected in the different <laughs> sectors around Bristol. Um, so he's really good at identifying other organisations that we can link in with and, and kind of opening doors and knocking on doors for us mm. and explaining it in a way that makes sense. Um, He's also, he's a smooth operator. Mm. He's really good at kind of relations and, and chatting to people. He's also really, really good with the participants that come along to our community sessions, which shouldn't be overlooked because he's got one eye, one ear on them at all times. Um, yeah. And he's yeah. really good at identifying when there might be an additional need there. Mm -hmm. And without anyone really noticing yes. within the group he will discreetly yeah. pick up with that person and make sure that they are getting any additional support right. that they need okay. so they don't fall behind yeah yeah and john it's funny actually you probably don't even know stuff like that because we don't talk about it enough and because you know nikki doesn't oh by the way i helped you know but like just for example and i just going to the blokes head but it's true it's like first of all he's very calming that's like you're not here you're very calming and you just have this kind of never gets angry, maybe once, <laughs> but like, but literally, it's just always really like, and brings that kind of wisdom to like, Paul, you just flat, you're going like, you know, just leave it, just be more like, you know, it's okay. And Nicky will go out of his way to make sure if it's not Nicky that will do it, yeah. he'll put him onto someone. I don't know anyone that does that. Yeah. Cool, cool. So I mean, yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, you can you can hear a bit of laughter. So the team the team has bonded really well, and there's this there's that sort of internal leg pulling and that sort of thing. So this is a great team to be part of. Um, does anyone want to say a little bit about Paul? I mean, Paul's our lead guitarist, isn't he? He's our front man. Yeah, he's. Yeah, Paul yeah. is. No, no, you're the lead guitarist. Put the mic down. You haven't got the voice for it. Yeah, he is our lead guitarist, and often, and that's a great analogy there, John. Oh, because the rappers. Because, um, <laughs> like, like any lead guitarist of a group, they love a solo. Can <laughs> 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 we swear on this podcast? No, no swearing. But, but honestly, let me tell you, when he's when he's in his solos, he takes the crowd with him. 
that's the great thing. Yeah. Um, Paul's able to kind of hold a group within the palm of his hand and and intuitively read what that group will need at that moment. Because what I witness every week, and I witness Paul, you know, today it was a, mm. it was a classic display. Okay, what he believes are his nerves, and 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 maybe that's what it is. But it, it, he's able to tap into something that 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 connects with the energy in the room. Mm. And at the moment, mm. the room needs what it needs. Paul delivers on that, yeah. and it's yeah. and so and you and, and to witness it, you know. To witness that moment and how that happens in the room, um, yeah, it's it it it's fulfilling every time. Yeah. Um, but but like any any lead guitarist, they do like to go on a bit. You know what I mean? You you have to pull the plug sometimes, right? But the man has an energy and um, a belief in what we're doing. You know. Paul came to us with this idea and we all bought into it quite quickly. So, so that's a good point then, Nicky. So how did all of this start, yeah? Mm. Uh. Was, it, was it your brainchild, Paul? It, well, yeah, I suppose I, I, I kind of, and I always refer to it, but I, I saw it years ago. Uh, one, when I was working for the Angle One House Foundation, the Resilience Programme, right. I wanted to get on board, I wanted to do something, and I went into schools and I'd tell them my story and do a share. Right. Uh, or a chair or whatever you want to call it and yeah. it, literally they like just put you with the school teacher in a classroom like see you in two hours and like, honestly I was really nervous yeah. you know like kids are like you know oh they're brutal if, listen if they don't want to listen to you they won't they're yeah. brutal right even if the teacher is saying oh this guy's come all the way from mm. you know um, and uh, they would be fascinated by the TV work I'd done and this that, and that but I'd never even talk about it but someone or somebody would get out, I don't know, whatever, or maybe just halfway through I go, and then I managed to get a job in on Hollyoaks or whatever it may be. And it, oh, bam! And, and I'm like, but hold on, please stop. Like, you can ask questions later or talk to me. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not here to talk about my time on that show or whatever show. I'm here just to deter you from going down the wrong road. Now, I'm not here to tell you what to do. If you're going to take drugs, you're going to take drugs. If you're going to have a drink, you're going to have a drink, right? But if you're doing it for the wrong reasons and it's it's to soothe something or it's because you can't bear going home or whatever, then maybe you should have a look at that. Or if you know someone, yeah, and it's always they always know someone, you know, it's never them. That's self-harming, that's whatever, you know? Um, and uh, or if you've been offered stuff, like for the younger lot, and you're really scared and you feel like peer pressure to take it, mm. like and then that was it. I was like, hold on a minute. They're listening, but mm. this isn't enough. I know, because I'm an actor, that getting up and actually performing this out, doing role play situations, yeah. might stay with them more than <laughs> how many people must talk to them every single day, how many teachers, how many things yeah, they hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's going to be have more of an impact that yeah. might hold a bit more weight. Yeah. So when they are in the park and someone passes them a drink or a joint, yeah. They go, oh, I've done this, yeah. I know this, yeah. and actually we worked out the different outcomes that I yeah. could do. Yeah. And because it felt comfortable enough to go, actually, no, I'm all right, thanks, or 
you stay, you yeah. see it, and you kind of... Um, so, so in my words, Paul, yeah, you naturally are doing cognitive rehearsal. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> really? Yeah. The science bit. See, I didn't know that. I know. Mm. This is what I loved about it as yeah. well. Yeah. So I, I heard about it. It was only a year ago, actually. Well, probably about a year ago. And in my job as coaching people with multiple complex barriers while they're in the process of finding who they are after mental ill health, physical health, ill health, addiction, what have you. Um, I like to look for things that are suited to that individual, not mm. ticking boxes, not putting them on things that they've got to do, like maths and English or CSCS or things that have been yeah. churned out for a long time, things that are person-centred. Um, had a young guy who was in recovery, really wanted to get involved with an acting group, but did not want to be a part of the traditional um, amateur dramatics groups that you know you associate with kind of going for a drink after and all of that. He was really scared yeah. about you know jeopardising his recovery, and he wasn't comfortable to say it. Found these guys, spoke to Paul, and. And for me, you know, you've got the CPT stuff. For me, as working in education, it's kinesthetic learning. Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. and this is what I love about you, Paul. You've got this amazing vision, and it's just natural, because you're just a natural people person. Yeah, I love so, people. So I can't you... understand my addiction, well, I can, but that's why I was never meant to be on my own. So yeah. when I'm using it, it was always on my own in the end, obviously, or not obviously, the people don't know, but you cross that line in the mm. end, I'll go out, like, have one dream, one line, and then boom, I'm back at home on my own, because I don't I've got, you know, I want to do the And then I knew for so many years, like, hold on, this is not me, I'm a people person. Yeah. That's why I always came back from that hell yeah. because I know I'm not that person to be yeah. on my yeah, own yeah and people talk about addiction being a disease of isolation yes you know and, and, and that can bring us right into that yeah. and, and that's exactly what I wanted to kind of draw draw a point to John as I'm listening to both to all of you talking about it the, the thing that keeps banging in my head and, and, and sparking out is um, you know <clears throat> coming at it from um, like a trauma perspective yeah. you know all behavior is connection seeking behavior mm -hmm. so th th there isn't good or bad we just come from what we know and, and what we believe yeah. and and a lot of that's driven by feeling or emotion right. um, but equally it, there's a lot that's driven by learned behavior um, and and you know and I'll, and I'll go a bit bit further back to attachment and attunement so we know and and you know that there is a lot of studies that have gone on that talk about Children with healthy attachment early in their formative years tend to build up a, a bigger body of protective factors. Right. And what that will inform is, as you go on later into adult life, when you do come into traumatic events, you have, you know, you have, traumatic, you have a, a, a body of resilience to yeah. draw upon. Yeah. And, and that doesn't necessarily have to come from your primary caregivers because it could come from a teacher, yeah. you know, or a, a trusted adult or, a, you know, it can come from anywhere, yeah. that kind of, that, that support. So if we look at it, that all behaviour is connection-seeking behaviour. When what you were doing in that school, working with the Amy Winehouse Foundation, was pointing out the relationship because it's all relational, right? 
So I had a relationship yeah. with drugs and alcohol for many years. Right? So, yeah. so effectively, human life's relational. You know, mm. I'm not. Uh, I can only get on yeah. with the help of you, you and you. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's it, right? And, so, and so, so, so what's the lie about? And maybe John, you can answer. I'm sure Nicky, you can. I'm sure even Jude, right? You don't have to be maybe an app. But what's the lie about actually? Um, thinking that you've got this friendship with your drug like this kind of it's like my 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 the worst girlfriend i've ever had but it's not it's the greatest love affair that's what i'm saying so like so like oh my god i'm excited like like me and you're gonna have a great night babe right this is cocaine i'm talking to yeah right and we're gonna have a brilliant night we're gonna have so much fun we're gonna do this we're gonna do that right and actually literally after the first one it's like you lied to me you Whatever you like, I was about to swear, but I'm not allowed to swear. Like, how dare you? Mm. No, no, it'll be all right. It'll be better next one. Oh, I'll do another one until it runs out. And it goes, but you need more. I promise exactly. it'll be better. It'll be better, and then it'll be like you keep lying, but I keep believing you until it gets so painful. It's like now I hate you. You've been like you know because you're being unfaithful to me because you're not giving me what you told me you'd give me. Mm. You're like not doing what you did for me before. Because you did once give it to me. That's why I believe you. Because you once, years ago, did give me the social aspect, the connection aspect, the the, the sexual aspect, you know. So I'm craving to get that again. But actually, and you keep promising me it, but you're lying. But isn't it fascinating? So when you... Do do you get what I'm trying to say or not? Or do you have to be someone that... No, I totally get it, and, and, and I can kind of, so... They want to give you up. I'm pining for you, and I'm obsessed about you, and I miss you. But equally, let's... So I'll go back to you. Let's remove that substance, okay. and let's look at a, a, a type of behaviour, right? So because it's, see, because it applies to anything, yeah. right? Anything I have an, help, an unhealthy relationship or attachment to, what I'm always seeking is the first time that I was rewarded uh-huh. by that. So... And, 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 I, and so let's take a behaviour. Let's take a behaviour of shopping, right? And, and for the first year, I'm rewarded. The so best coat I ever bought. Right. And then, and then I stop getting that reward. So what I do is that behaviour becomes higher risk. So I might buy a new coat, but stick some jewellery in the pocket and pay for it and then walk out because now I've got that. Now it's given me that rush again because I've... I've added an extra layer of risk to that behaviour. Let's move it back to the Or the what substances. about if I buy that jacket but I can't really afford it? Yeah. My heart's going to go just the same exactly. as if I put the jewellery in. Exactly. Right? It's the same because as Because I know it's wrong. But it's the same as if, you, if you're, you know, if the booze stops working and the first time you take cocaine with the booze. Wow! Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. it's... It's a whole new thing. Because so we're risk takers, we're daring, we want something more, more, more. What's the next buzz? What's the better hire? What's the kind of, you know, and it will even do it even if that, that, that money should have gone on bills, but instead it's like, no, the jacket. Yeah, well, yeah, the complications you of addiction. You're the no, we, we haven't got time to talk about it particularly. But if you think about addiction being a, a primary chronic and progressive illness, yeah. Yeah, that covers all of that. So there's progression, there's dependency, there's tolerance, there's neuroadaption, right. there's all this stuff right. going on that that makes us 
So what's we the lie make... about, John? What's the lie? What's that like that's so believable that it'll tell you it's going to be brilliant and it's really going to be worth it and no one's going to know and it's going to be like, you know, and it's like, what is that where the brain actually really bloody believes it? I'll open that up to the panel. Because, because you feel, you know, I feel like a thicko yeah. that I fall for it. But you see, if we use 12-step language, when they they talk about it being cunning, powerful, and baffling, yeah, right? yeah, and historically, um, people have said, "Why the hell would you do it again? Would you do something that is so destructive yeah. to you again?" Yeah, yeah, and so sometimes we call that denial. Sometimes we laugh or deny, but denial is a real thing. Yeah, it's right. a it's a real yeah. It's a medical thing. It's a condition. Yeah, and I believe often people believe next time it will be different. So that's the yeah. definition. Of next insanity. time, yeah. Next, the next same time, time, yeah. Yeah, when I go out and get drunk or stoned or whatever, it really will work. Something went wrong last. Yeah, and so the the cunning, <laughs> baffling part of the illness will lie to you, yeah. and it lies to the majority of addicts. Yeah. But John, I don't know that that's mutually exclusive to addicts, right? <laughs> of course it isn't. And, and, and I don't know that's... Do you get lies in your head, Jude? Like, cause, like so Jude... Uh, so three of us are in recovery, Jude isn't. Yeah. yeah. So do you get things that your head saying, listen, it's going to be better this time. Or like, like, why don't you go there again? Or why don't you speak to him again? Or speak to her? Or, or, or help that person again? Even though you know you've tried with that person. And every time it's the same result. Oh. I've learned... And I don't know how, but mm -hmm. I've learned not to go back. Oh, but that's what I mean. So you don't so, suffer with what because we might have learned. Okay, but we <laughs> we think it might we might just it might just be all right this time. So so this is interesting because yeah, I know it's hard for people to get. So there's no, the different brains. Yeah yeah no no no. So maybe so my tolerance for pain is lower. Like I've no. been so burned by going back to things that hurt me. Uh, okay. That okay. I've just thought. No. Okay. No more. So, so Jude, do you see how you're able to rationalise that? Yeah. We're able to rationalise, so the disease <laughs> rationalises that next yeah. time will be different. Yeah. So yeah. denial, as John said, it is a clinical thing. Yeah. And it, it's a protective factor, right? So it, it's one of the things that you're, we talked about the ego earlier, but actually your psyche envelops to protect you uh -huh. from... You know, people that have had horrific traumas, yeah. Yeah. denial is a really solid protective factor. Yeah. yeah? So, so there's a clinical bit. So, so I, I go back to the relational stuff. And, dude, let me put it a different way. Paul was talking about do you get the lie. So, at times... That's the name of the podcast. Do you get the lie? Do you have an internal narrative that tells you stuff about you that you know isn't true, but you believe? For example, there are times in my, one of my internal narratives is, you're no good, you're going to get found out, <laughs> you can't do that properly, yeah, yeah. you might as well not give it a go, Paul can do it better than you. <laughs> so that's an internal narrative, and it happens really quickly, yeah. and it's a split, and I might not even get a sensation from it, but sometimes it's there. Yeah. And it would... Sometimes I've got another one that tells me other stuff. Yeah. Tells me I'm the sexiest person yeah, in the room, yeah, yeah, yeah. and everyone's all eyes are on but me. But Paul is. We know that. No, 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 no. no, no. You are. <laughs> He's like Barry White, man. But do, do you have? 
It, do, do you ever get that kind of... The one that I get is... So you have a lie. I <coughs> can stop smoking whenever I want. Okay. All right? Because yeah, so, she's addicted to, to nicotine. Right? I so, smoke cigarettes. But, but, but that, Paul... Like I know you were talking about it in the sense of, and Jude, I paused you there because Paul, you was talking about it in the sense of um, the lie that we, the three of us who uh, who understand the twelve step model and and know about the disease of addiction. But for you, it's you. You know, John said you're not in recovery. But does that make sense to you? Hundred percent. Okay. Can I just ask a question? Uh, But do you want to stop cigarettes? (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah. So we don't want to do drugs. We don't want to smoke cigarettes, right? Yeah. But we'll still go and uh, believe that they're gonna give us a really nice feeling. You—that's the difference. Yeah. That I don't think you're actually because I really, really, really don't want to buy any more clothes. Have you just heard? What I, you, have you just said what you said about cigarettes? So you've justified for, and rationalised for Jude. Okay, Jude. What has? This clinical study's been telling us about people who smoke cigarettes for the last 40 years. I know all of it. Okay. I've stopped. I've okay. stopped for five years. Yeah. And I had the lie. I had the lie. What? I yeah. just have one. Just have one. That's what I'm trying to get. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah? And I wrote a poem, and I will read it to you another time, but it's called My Old Flame. And it mm. says, the first time I held you. There's your love right. letter to cocaine. And it's called My Old Flame because... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You so were going to ask a question. Yeah, Sorry, Nicky, I interrupted. Yeah. You were going to ask a question, but before you do that, just want to apologise because I said you're not in recovery. Um, uh, and, and in my context, I meant you're not in recovery from chemical addiction uh-huh. like us three are. Yeah. So there's all sorts of recovery. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Did I say I was. Am I. Did you assume? Yeah, I'm. There is three yeah. Go on, go on, dude. So, yeah, uh, 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 that's nice. So, what's your question? That, Sorry, yeah. no, it's My nice. question. I've forgotten. What? <laughs> okay. Come back to yeah. me. Okay. Um, yeah, because you've obviously. Yeah. So, so we went in, went off into the wild lands of Pretty addiction. Went in the long grass there. Yeah, so let's. Oh, think I've she's got it. Go on. <clears throat> Is it fear that's ah. making you lie because. There's a part of you that you can't really remember who you are without that label. No, so, it's not a label. It's no. not the label. It's, 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 well, sorry, but I, I think it's, um, uh, to shut my, it, like, stuff up. Like, like, I do it to escape. But my help, but, but the best escapes for me are to act and to play tennis and to, to connect with people and have a laugh, go cinema, whatever, like they're the best escapes, but they're just not, I suppose, daring enough, like what Nikki was mm. talking, that high risk kind of risky behaviour, mm-hmm. that exciting kind of, ooh, and, and, and also like, they're, they're a different high, and maybe it's like, oh, I, I, I kind of want to feel that high, but that first high. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, because that so so because it's a really good conversation. This, but it's like it's it's a different high, a different buzz to how I get from my dopamine levels of playing tennis and winning a game or whatever or acting or what. It's like a it's a chemical high, so it's not natural mm. uh, because it's flooding my brain uh, of dopamine so quickly and so sharply that it's like I don't think I'm gonna 
well, I don't think I'm going to get that from tennis, you know. And uh, but the problem is, like I always say, what goes up must come down. So the down is so the consequences of yeah. Whereas the consequences of playing a, a tennis yeah. game are just a bit of a sore sore yeah. muscles, you know, whatever. And acting, they're like maybe like the consequences are oh well. Um, after that, when you come down and you have, you're not doing that acting job anymore, mm. you miss it. Yeah, and and it's like, damn! I want another job. Yeah, I want another acting class. I yeah. want another. Like, when's the next one? Yeah. So lately, you know, and I'll be honest, we've not been as busy as we were before Christmas, yeah. right? We're busy with others, but I want to be out there teaching, like to everywhere yeah. and everyone. But the thing is, I want to do it too much, and then I burn out. Right. right? So there's the thing. There's the balance, yeah. and that's what recovery is about, isn't it? That keeping that balance. And, and 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 that being enough, but I always want more. So it's back to that relationship. relationship. Sorry, I've gone a bit. No, no, no. I think I'm like really opening up about I feel. It's the relational stuff. Good podcast, John. <laughs> Again, it's the relationship, isn't it? So, so because you're right, you'll never get. You know, you take you take a substance, and it's an immediate. It's a it, you know, it it's instant gratification. Yeah. Right, and, and playing tennis, you do release the same chemicals. Right. Except it's over a longer, slower period. Yeah. And actually your, your heart rate's going it's in a, a slow different release. way and you're, yeah. you know, you're using all that energy. Yeah. So, so as much as you get all the chemical release, you're burning out the energy as well. So it's a different, whereas, you know, you do chemicals in a different way. But it's the relationship. So you're right, seeking. Right. So how I heard you, and and I might be wrong, but how I, how I heard you describe your desire for work was in a sim. You want you were looking for the effects yeah. from the chemical release that you get from. So you want more, more, more. I want it more. But it's not. It's not uh, consciously. It's no. just. Uh, I know that I feel good when I deliver, yeah. and, yeah. I, and, I, and, I, and to see people get stuff from yeah. it, and like when that's taken away a bit, and it's not as regular, like my acting yeah. work, when like you shoot a film, shoot a, go on stage for six weeks, and then suddenly there's nothing. For yeah. actors, we're so sporadic with work, 90% of actors are out of work. So we get really down, we get really depressed, mm -hmm. we can't wait for the next job, but when that job's done, it's dangerous. That's why my mum has always said to me, Paul, it's your, it's your job that you chose that's causing the addiction. No, it isn't. Mum, what are you talking about? But now I kind of get it. It's like, it's short. It's never permanent. Yeah. That's why I'm desperate for this permanent job. That's why I started this with these guys, because I want permanent, regular work. Yeah. But nothing is, you know, but I don't want permanent, regular cocaine, because mm. that, well... Did you, Without the repercussions. Oh, so you'd love the substance about the consequences. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Go on, John. No. So, back to your question about fear. There's yeah. there's all sorts of stuff written about fear being a corroding thread right throughout people's addiction, addict lives and all of that sort of thing. And um, there's now a lot more talk about trauma and adverse child um, experiences. experiences, yeah, um, and all of those connections around fear. And of course, I think one of the, one of the problems that people have is that they expect everyone else's fears to be the same as theirs. Yeah. And you see, we're not. We're just not. Some some 
childhood experiences some kids loved, others it terrified. Yeah. And, and that adds to the complications of the addiction, yeah. you know? When I'm trying to use to yeah. get myself away from fear or, you know, a, a yeah. common thing is people have low self-esteem and they're scared of, of socialising, so they'll have four or five glasses of wine before they go out. Yeah, or date, dating and stuff. Like, and it's that that sort of a long time yeah. to like, I'll date again, but without yeah. going and having a little Dutch courage. Yeah, so, so there's yeah. all that bit of fear yeah. all over the place. You know, we brought up for me, when you talked about being a child, when I was younger, all the kids loved to go on roller coasters and go upside down and go on scary rides. I hated it. But, but I loved going on water parks. I didn't care how big or crazy it was, as long as it was water, which is really odd. Well, it's not odd, I just really enjoyed the water parks. But, but I didn't understand why they're having yeah. a great time on the, on the roller coasters, yeah. and I'm, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm fearful that I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And, and where does that come So As you say, different fears, different people, yeah. different strokes, different folks. Yeah. 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 So I think my question about fear was almost like a fear of that not being the thing that's going to comfort you for the rest of your life. Like fear of, of it being final because it's had, it's had such a strong impact on you. Yeah. That so, so putting I think, it down I forever. Think, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 if I'm hearing you right, um, one of the things, and I heard Hard Knocks talk, talks, Talk mm. about that. Oh my God, that's that a was mouthful. Hard knocks talks. Talk about it the other day. They put a they put a lovely screenshot up. Um, people's fear of recovery eventually turns into the joys and the the wow, this is fantastic. But I was terrified mm. of existing without my drug of choice. Yeah, without the I was crutch. Utterly convinced. Yeah. That either I would die, yeah. I would be the most miserable person on the planet, I could never smile again, I couldn't interact with anyone without my drug of choice. And that was a real embedded fear that I know lots of people absolutely believe. Mm-hmm. And Paul touched on it earlier. So sometimes people's, people's consequences of their addiction become so bad that they are forced into change. By some means, or it has other. to get painful enough. But right. what is it? What about John? And that's but then they get into recovery and they yeah. go, "Wow! Yeah, yeah. All my fears about being yeah, alcohol-free yeah. or drug-free yeah. were rubbish." Yes, it's hard. Yes, I think, of it. but actually, wow! So like, I, I'll tell you one that happened to me, which isn't, which isn't. So I had the, prior to this event, I hadn't been to the dentist for about eighteen years. Wow. And what happened was, when I was in the dentist, so what happened was early childhood experience right. in the dentist. Yeah. I was having a tooth removed, and the dentist was physically restraining me on my chest. Right. And I was kicking, and I remember it. So I brought that experience all the way through. So you wait, I think, yeah. Right, and then I had, to, I've, I've had, I've been to the dentist intermittently, but four years ago, I had a, a wisdom tooth, I had a toothache, and it was the fear of the, p- so what got me to the dentist, was the pain, was the, I had to get over the pain, right. to go through 
the fear of the pain. Yeah. Does that make sense? So the pain got too great. It got got painful enough. And and my sponsor always says to me, look, there's two ways that change happens. If you don't act or direct the change, there's two ways that change will happen. It's a spiritual awakening or a rude awakening. And and that's been been my experience, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and, 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 and yeah, and, and when, you know, I'm great what you said, Jude, is because it's brought up a lot for us. And, and what you said, John, is about that kind of like, wow, recovery actually is all right. What was I fearful of? It's actually brilliant. And I've witnessed both. So, whereas like recovery's been amazing, I see all the great things. I felt better, I did better, I earned more, I was be- like more of a people person, which mm-hmm. is what I love. So, why? Do I then choose, or maybe not choose? Why do I then all these good things start happening? Yeah, choose to kind of not really um, keep it at the foreground all the time, and then choose to go back because I'm a. You know, I hate that word. I was about to say serial relapser, but, but I don't like that word. But, but what is it about going back to the hell? See the lie. See, That's interesting. There's uh, yeah, and that, that I mean we could talk about that for hours. Yeah. Uh, my brain does something to me that is is would I say funny? I don't know if it's funny, right? Now I since I've been in recovery twenty years now, yeah, I get terrible migraines. I get lots of migraines, yeah. I've always, you know, suffered from them in recovery. And so I get prescribed medication. Yeah. And I take the medication. Um, two or three months, yeah, and then the migraines have gone, and I forget to take the medication because it's just like, and what happens? The bloody migraines come back, yeah. So there's part of that human conditioning where if I take my eye off the ball, the ball gets the better of me. Yeah, yeah, thank you, John. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and you know, and and that is pretty much it in a nutshell, John. Because equally, it it's that. I feel pain, I do things, I learn things yeah. that get me through the pain, I do the things that get me through the pain, the pain has no memory, so I don't need to do the things that got me through the pain in the first place, So then, I'm, and then I end up in pain again. So that's why, you know, and, uh, and like they, they, they say, like, are you going to meetings, are you going to meetings? Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, and, um, and why they're so similar, most meetings, different story said a different way, maybe a different person, if you change it up. But a lot of people go to their regular meetings, same person, similar stuff, blah, 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 I kind of know the guy's life story, oh, here he goes about the washing machine again, right? Yeah, and it's like, but actually, that really, really keeps me well. Keeps you in touch with you. And it's because I have the disease that tells me I don't have it. Yeah. The disease of forgetfulness. So... You've got to do physio. So I have to be reminded every bloody day. So you've got to keep doing your physio for your soul. Well, well, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm not doing the exercises enough, babe. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like having diabetes, right? I've got diabetes, yeah. type one. You I'm insulin. given insulin. Yeah. I use my insulin. My diabetes is managed. Great. I haven't got my. Well, I'm going time. to a meeting, all right? <laughs> <And then I'm laughs> I put down my insulin pen. Yeah. Four days later. Yeah. I wrote, I, I, okay, I, I wrote a little, a little um, YouTube, little animated whiteboard, and it's called the Superman Complex, 
Yeah, so so have a look at the Superman complex. Superman complex, okay. Yeah. So it happens to people, you know, and they forget and they, uh, you just have a look well, at no, it. Well, can well, you send me something on it or something? It's or on my website. I'll get to recovery.com. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm like, if you just, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, if your pain gets enough. Yeah, then, oh <laughs> my God. I want it all done yeah. for me, don't yeah. I? Like, just send me the link, man. No. We've gone on much longer than we had planned to, uh, but yeah. covered some really cool stuff. So let's just finish on this then. So Mad Team, Morning After Drama Team, two things. What's your biggest challenge with the projects at the moment? I mean, for, for me, you've, I think you've touched on it, Paul, that after Christmas, after winter... Mm. Yeah, you're not delivering as much no. morning after drama sessions as you have capacity for um, that people want. Jude's got a hand up. Yeah, so that you, you know, one of your challenges is actually people not engaging you to do this wonderful work. Yeah, yeah. I just think obviously you know January and stuff like that, and it's budgets, new budget, yeah. and, and these guys know a lot more about all that stuff. But for me, it's kind of like, you know, you come to the end of like some, some of the times like they only had for 12 weeks last year and then those 12 weeks are up or it's not continuous. And our actual community projects, they are all year round every day and they're going. But, but, but I think to sustain a company and actually really like, you know, um, uh, be able to keep it going. We need funding yeah. because my goal when I set out to do this, um, and I never really got to explain how it all in the end, but like I kind of did with the Amy Winehouse stuff. But what my goal was is to deliver this stuff mm. for free, mm. so people don't have to pay to come to get it because yeah. it's another form of recovery. It's another yeah. type of meeting yeah. on top of your meetings, yeah. but you get to actually act out stuff and do drama and have fun and have co co uh, uh, connection with mm. others, like-minded people. And the people that see it and that love it, they want it. But there's a lot of like, oh yeah, we really want to do it. And then, like, they'll, you know, they run out of money, man. It's just money, money. Yeah. It's just that's all I can say. I mean, Jude knows more, and Nicky knows a lot more because he's there working on the front line, trying to get budgets and knows mm. who's got this money and that money. But it's frustrating. Mm. It's true. It is. It's funding. Lots and lots of funding for the services that could potentially contract us to come in and deliver right. and enhance the work that they're doing yeah. as well yeah. the, the money's not there or it's not being allocated quickly enough and, and I think in a lot of services it's the same as well you know and certain pots of money have run out and they've gone dry haven't they mm. yeah and, and Paul has got the he, Paul's got the Goodfellas effect right yeah, and I can't I can't I can't repeat the scene on here because it's... I'm not allowed to swear. But it's a scene in Goodfellas where he says, your restaurant burned down? Pay me. Yeah. Your wife left you? Yeah. Pay me. And, and Paul, you know, and I, and I don't mean that in any disrespectful... You know, you play the scene for him and you kind of get... it. Like, Paul doesn't need... Like, and, and the company yeah. doesn't need to know about that stuff. Right. John, it's... You know, we're in a time and we... Uh, and, and it's clear in the political climate where... We've got nurses on strike, we've got firemen on strike, yeah. we've got teachers on strike, we've got doctors on strike, we've got lawyers on strike, we've got train drivers on strike. Yeah. You know, we're in a time where... Everything's more expensive and the wages are less. Right. And, and, and actually, I, because of another role that I do, 
I know there is change happening. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, but the machines of the wheels yeah. move so slow. Yeah. And, and so Paul, with the Goodfellas effect, yeah. it, it, you know... Still got to live. The reality live. is, Paul needs to live yeah. and the company needs to survive. Yeah. Um, so we try our best because what, we see what we can do. We see, we see the benefit. Mm. We know the science. Yeah. We know what we deliver is 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 Golden. unique. Yeah. Um, it it's you know there is so much exciting stuff, new parts of the project in development. Like it's, but it's we're just waiting on the wheels of motion, mm. uh, which and, are frustrating. And is that John? Like I suppose again to do with like the addict is impatient. <laughs> Um, is it patience yeah, and tolerance, or is yeah. it just no? I need to pay bills. <laughs> no, you just need to pay bills. Yeah, we need to be I able think to as survive. Far as the, your company is the, you know, mad. Yeah, you do, you need to pay bills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I would. It would kill me to see it fold. Yeah. It won't. It won't. Yeah. You know? And and I think people believe in it that much that yeah, I would never even see it like that and mm. I could, could, could never even envision that because I do have a vision and I could yeah. see it going from strength to strength and even going to other countries. My auntie was over from Paris recently and she said, Paul, you don't realise how much they could benefit from this in France. Her, and I don't want to talk about it too much, but it breaks my heart. Is it just my family? No, of course it isn't. My dream is to not just do the UK, it's to just do it everywhere. Yeah. Because everyone could benefit from this stuff because not everyone wants to go to a 12-step meeting. They want other things. Listen, or they can go to those meetings and this. And uh, addiction aside, not everyone wants a leaflet telling them how to be confident. Yeah. Or a course where yeah. someone stood there telling yeah, them. Yeah, mental health. Not just addiction, but mental health is addiction, so it's the same. Yeah. But you're right, it's confidence building. It's, it's the even same. the normal folk that just are scared of... Or being, they're just not comfortable, you know. And, and we invite anyone. This isn't just for well, people in recovery. When you came to us three years ago, we talked about this, and I, there were two things I said to you. There were two key points I said to you. One was that you had to keep this as your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. We, I didn't want. I was adamant that you didn't ally it with services. Yeah. And two. That. We looked at recovery in the broadest sense, sense yeah. and if you remember, initially it was because it's not recovery drama. It's so much broader. It than was just... for people that were facing isolation. Yeah, because of lockdown. It, it was lockdowns, right? Yeah, and that's where we. That was our focus because we felt, we felt when we saw the country, the world, but yeah. we'll, we'll shrink it down to the yeah, country. The country yeah. had been isolated yeah. for two years. Yeah. And so there would be a natural yeah. kind of hesitancy and people who already had mental health, yeah. anxiety, depression, already had those kind of uh, conditions, would, would more, there'd be a higher probability that that would be exacerbated yeah. coming back into the social structure. The people that didn't even have, and used to just have one glass of wine, because of lockdown, ended up having a bottle and then in turn, that made them less confident because we know alcohols are depressive. So we know that they became more depressed, they became less confident, more anxious, etc. So in the end, it's not saying they're addicts, but they did become more mentally unstable and they never used to be like that. So, so, so it, it goes back to that thing about the unhealthy relationship with 
the a person, <laughs> a place, or a thing, and that thing could be, yeah, what you know, alcohol. You, you talked about it in alcohol. So, so what you know, in a nutshell, for me, what Mad does is it supports people to be curious about the relationship they have with with the world, mm, curious about the relationship they have with themselves and others, and how through the possibility mm. of forming a different character, have a different relationship. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Because I get them to like play uh, uh, characters, mm. not themselves. With acting, there's an element of yourself in every character we play. Like Brad Pitt, yeah, he plays different characters, but there's always Brad Pitt there somewhere. No, Tom, Tom Hanks, he'll play different characters, but there'll always be a bit of Tom Hanks in that character. And what I'm trying to say is that, 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 that you use your own experiences yeah. in that yeah. character, but you are also playing maybe a real-life character or whatever, but it's that escapism yeah. that's a healthy escapism, and it's that using that imagination because the world is full, and this is why I started my first drama group, is because I wanted kids to stop going home and getting on their computers and be in this world of kind of video games and blah blah and, and I wanted them to use their imaginations like I did back in the day because it's all about using your creativity yeah. and that's what man's about accessing stuff that you don't even realise you've got right. cool I'm going to leave it there thank you thank you John thank you John